You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. All right, so um, I'm not here for long. I just want to wrap up everything that has been said because a lot has been said from Peju sharing her breakup and recovery story, you know, to the Aguades just sharing with us vital tips that can enable our relationships and our general connections just to be better. Um, the question that I want to leave with you this morning is this. How are you faring, Chips? How are you faring with your parents? For some, it is your siblings. You have sworn never to speak to that sister or that brother till you get married. Or maybe till you have your first child or something. Or maybe till you make your first billion. I don't know what it is that has gone you know, gone down in those important relationships. For some people, it is your boss. You have decided to keep it strictly professional, which is not out of place. But you know you can be a bit more, um, more loving in your dealings with your, in your professional relationships, whether it's upward or lateral. Your colleagues at work, that colleague you've sworn never to sit beside, offer your lunch to, in fact, this lunch that I just mentioned now reminds me of some of the kind of decisions we made when we were in primary school. That friend that you will never give your pencil to, you know, because they, you know, so there's just so many things. Now, I know that nobody here, well, I expect that nobody here is still keeping a grudge against a friend from primary school. Hopefully not. And if you are, please resolve it because I can't imagine what, what is the worst thing anyone could have done to you in primary school that would make you stole your boyfriend in primary school? So what is, what is this? What is it? What is the bad thing? It can't be as bad as the one I shared with you guys a couple months back where my friend went, you know, all this, I, all this gist around your parents are in America, and the parents that are your parents, your biological parents are not really your parents, they're your uncle and auntie. If you ever did that, and if you never did, you guys are amazing. I did in primary school. And then that nosy friend decides to go and ask your parents about it. You know, I mean, I don't think there's anything that can be worse. Curse your parents out. So hopefully there's no one here who's holding a grudge against someone in primary school or maybe even secondary school. You know, but... Um, that important question is something you need to think about. What is the state of those vital relationships? Okay, um, I heard, so I saw something on Craig Rochelle's um, timeline on IG, uh, and it said, time is measured in minutes. Life is measured in moments, you know. And the question is, what memorable moments are you creating for yourself and for others? Because Yes, it's Valentine's Day, and that's, yeah, I should say Happy Valentine's Day. I know Timoni already said so. So Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. In the room and online, Happy Valentine's Day. We love you. I love you all, and God loves you most, okay? I can't even compare. There is no love, no greater love uh, than the love of Jesus, okay? So, but what memorable moments are you creating for others, when people think about you, what comes to mind? What do they recall about you? 
And I'm speaking to the vital relationships in your life. I'm speaking to, you know, those relationships that you really can't. I mean, yes, you can relocate, but you can't do anything about the family you were born into. Is there anyone who has disowned their family presently? You've disowned your parents and you've adopted new parents. If there's any disowning that should happen, it'd probably be your parents disowning you, you know. But for as long as God has created you in that family, put you there as their child, son, daughter, there's not much you can do in changing that construct, that family construct. And so how are you handling the current challenges? Um, have you stayed in the place of bitterness and anger and unforgiveness with the vital relationships of your life and the vital connections? Okay? Um, a Christ-centered person lives a connected life. God is relational. He's a relational being. By, by definition, we see how he created the world, how he fashioned the world, and how he created man, and the quality of relationship that he desired to have with man. I mean, we see all that exhibited in Genesis, just in the beginning. God, would, God could have named the animals. Has anybody thought about that? God did not need to bring the animals to Adam for him to name them. God is very inclusive. You see all this conversation around inclusivity and inclusion and all that. It's not new. God would ask Adam to name. He delegated that authority that he could by himself have done. And he, he would owe nobody any apology for giving those animals the names that they currently bear. But he would delegate that to man. We see in that same Genesis between 2 and 3, how God will come down in the cool of the day and he will seek out Adam. We can assume that that must have been ongoing. It wasn't new because man and woman were in hiding. And so God would come and ask, where are you? Asking them about their location in the garden and their spiritual location and positioning as at that point in time. So that just shows you God is looking for, I mean, he created us for connection. He created us for community. He created us to interact. He did not create any of us for isolation. We know that the pandemic has come. Isolation is such a big buzzword now. But that is not the original design of God. And so if you're here listening to me or you're listening online and your mode of living for some time now has just been, I want to be by myself. I want to day my day because I have been burnt, because I have been badly treated, because the people that I trusted the most have hurt me and I am scarred. Today, I pray that the healing power of God will come upon you. The spirit of God would heal you in that place of pain that hurts, would cause you to forgive and to rise above whatever negative experiences have held you down. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, we're going to pray. But before I pray, I just want to read a scripture. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14, the message translation. It says, So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. I love that part. Dress in the wardrobe that God picked out for you. Some of you are probably here today with your, okay. So we, we did this thing, was it, last, it was two years ago, right, where we had Sunday best. And we asked people to dress up to church. Because we know we normally don't dress up to church here, I mean, at Life Point. We, we don't, we're very chilled. So you don't see gay lays. 
You don't see the usual hats and fascinators that you would see in maybe Orthodox churches. You come in your jeans and your T-shirts. So that's Sunday. And I suspect we'll probably do that again this year. We just ask people to dress up in their Sunday best. But here, the scripture is, I mean, Paul is saying to us here, God has designed a wardrobe for you. And it is very important that you clothe yourself in that wardrobe, the pieces in that wardrobe. So for some people this season, in fact, every one of us, we need to, you know, reduce the focus on your Uncle Salvatore and uh, Uncle Ralph and all the other uncles and aunties that were very big on and dress ourselves in the wardrobe that God has designed for us as his children. And let's see what is the content of that wardrobe. It says compassion. I'm reading the message translation now. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive and offense, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, regardless of all the lovely made in Nigeria, made in the US, or whatever else, or whatever place it has been made in that you put on, you must put on love. You must put on love in addition to all those other pieces, compassion, kindness, quiet strength, discipline, humility. You must put on love. It is your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. It's your basic all-purpose garment. And we are expected to never dress up without it. So just preparing for this short message. In my mind, I pictured every morning you have to dress up. You know how it is that you set out what you want to wear for the day. For some people, you're very, you're like very disciplined you already have what you're wearing for the week set out. Very few people have what they're wearing for the month already figured out. That means they're like wearing one, one dress per day, so you have picked out your 30 pieces of clothing for the month. But I mean, the average person will do a week or maybe three days. And if you're like some people that I know, it's the morning of the day that you figure out what you're going to wear and you start to rush and, 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 and you're trying to pair things. But God is saying to us this morning, you need to be very intentional about the life that I have designed you for. And you can only successfully live that life by putting on the clothing that I have designed for that life. And it's the clothing of compassion and all of those amazing things that I just read out. But more importantly, you need to put on love. So when you're putting on your undergarments, imagine that you're putting on love. In fact, some of us need to be very deliberate and you are saying, as you're dressing up every morning, you're saying to the Holy Spirit, I am putting on love. I am clothing myself in love. I am clothing myself in compassion. As you're fixing your cufflinks and, and fixing your buttons, I am clothing myself in kindness. I am clothing myself in humility. It's got to be our daily confession in this season. You see, because we live in a world, I just remembered I have a button undone. We live in a world... Where there's so much meanness and wickedness. I mean, yesterday, I don't even want to go into the gist of yesterday and how I feel about it because that is not the focus for this message. But with all, with all that was on social media, everything that happened, you know, 
there's a lot of wickedness in the world. And we need to posture appropriately. Bible speaks about us being salt and being light. We have got to let our light shine. See, the, the darker it gets in our world, the more light we need. The darker it gets, the more light that needs to shine. And one of the very critical ways that we can shine our light is not by talking about it. It's not even by being at the protest ground. And we celebrate and salute everyone who went out yesterday, even though, I mean, it's not the preferred, but all the guys that got arrested and all, it's fantastic that they are standing up for every one of us in this room and, you know, exhibiting courage. You see, but after that, there's still more work to be done. There is work. See, my husband and I were discussing something this morning. He said, you know what will hurt the most is that in 2023, we still have these same political parties that have terrorized us for so, so long. We have them win the elections. That will be most... All of this, everything we've been doing will be a waste of time. And so on that note, let me just chip it in. If you don't have your PVC yet, please make plans to get. If you are not planning to vote, if you've given up on the country, I'm appealing to you. We need you in this season. We need you to pray. We need you to, to take your place. We need to get your PVC. We need you to plan to vote. We need you to step up if you know that you have political leanings and you have an opportunity ahead of you to, 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 you know, to change things. So we need to put on love. Very important. We need to clothe ourselves in love because God has put his love in our hearts. God is a love being. He's a relational being. Bible says that we are made in his image and after his likeness. That means we are created to be like God. We are created to love. And we see how Jesus would exhibit love in various dimensions. We see how he would be compassionate towards people, even when they were least deserving of it. I mean, he had no reason to forgive the, 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 the thief on the cross. There was really no need. But he's who he is. In fact, he had, I mean, let's even leave the thief aside. Yes, let's assume because the thief requested forgiveness, he did forgive him. But the guys who, you know, he would, he would raise a prayer for, the guys who treated him badly, the soldiers who beat him, who stripped him, who divided his clothing amongst themselves, who, who cursed him, who spat on him, he really didn't need to forgive them. He could have, but that is who he is. Forgiveness is his nature. And he's calling us higher, calling us to be like him, calling us to live the kind of life that he has designed for us, calling us to be light in a world of darkness. And so we need to arm ourselves with this clothing. Compassion is so important. Jesus would speak to, you know, he would give a parable just representing what would happen at the end time and how people will be separated, and some will make it, some won't make it into eternity with him. And he was saying of it, you know, the two categories of people, the, the righteous ones, who he referred to as sheep, and then the disbelieving ones that he called goats. And he would say to them, when I was hungry, you did not feed me, referring to the goats. 
When I was thirsty, you didn't give me water to drink. You know, when I, I, I didn't have clothing. Let me see. I think that's in Matthew 25. Yes, Matthew 25, 41. I was hungry. You gave me no food. I was thirsty. You gave me no drink. I was a stranger. You did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then they will also answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or naked and we didn't attend to these needs. And you know, Jesus will say to them, when you don't do it for the people that are around you, then you don't do it for me. God has created us to be his hands, to be his mouthpiece, to be his feet on the face of this earth. He has created us as conduits through which his blessings should flow. And so when we don't fulfill or play our parts in, in carrying out this assignment, we dim our lights. It is my hope and prayer here today that every one of us is encouraged to leave aside the things that don't matter. You see these little, little things which seem like big things now? In a few years, they will not matter. The guy that broke your heart that you have sworn that you will never forgive him and his entire lineage, five years from now, I promise you, by the time you are married, it will not matter. Or that girl that called you out and said, I mean, lied against you, said you did what you didn't do. And because of that, you have sworn never to have anything to do with fair-skinned, tall girls from a certain part of the world or a certain tribe in Nigeria. In a few years, it will not matter. Permit me to say, even for that one, that negative experience, that abuse that you suffered, that you have allowed to define your life and to limit you from fully expressing the quality of life and the God kind of life that you have been created to live, it will pass away. It will not matter. Because we will stand before the one who created us and we will give account of how we have lived our lives. And I hope that we would all hear that phrase, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Beyond the money, beyond looking good, beyond you know, the professional qualifications and achievements that we strive and aspire to, if your life is devoid of love, if things have become normal, you know, that's my greatest fear. Oh, well, one of my, I have a few fears. I know it's, it sounds weird to say that I have fears. My greatest fear is not maximizing the life that I have been given and the time that I have been allotted on the earth. My greatest fear is passing up opportunities to be a blessing because I've been consumed by my own desires, and, 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 and I don't want to use the word selfishness, but you know, just genuine desires and, and cares, dealing with pain and, and just frustrations from living in Nigeria. Another fear that I have is just finding that at the end of the day, the things that we have been chasing you have been in the wrong, the wrong lane, essentially, where none of those things matter. They don't even add up in your score sheets in heaven. 
or becoming so numb to the pain that exists in our world and in our society that those things have become normal to us. And so we, don't, we, we, don't, we, don't, we no longer shrink back. We no longer shake at certain... It's like people getting used to seeing dead bodies. You know, there are some people that they live in certain parts of Lagos where it's really notorious. Or, or Let's even talk about northern Nigeria. Some people may have become accustomed to somebody dying. It's, it's, now, it's, it's the norm because that's the reality of where they live. And that is so scary that we no longer are worried about the things that don't make sense anymore, the things that are abnormal. How poverty is just the norm, how it's okay to see, to see 12, 14, 15-year-olds that should be in school, seeing them on the road, and, you know, and it's just nothing. You, you don't feel anyhow anymore. Or people constantly breaking the law, and it's just become okay. But that's where we're, we're headed as a country. That's where we're headed. Sorry, this message is not about Nigeria this morning. It's about us wearing the garment of love. Very important. Put on the garment of love, okay? Let us pray. Let us pray. I want us to, first of all, just start by asking God for wisdom. Wisdom to be able to address the vital relationships in our lives, especially for those who are currently struggling. You're struggling with your parental relationships. There's a lot of discord and, and, and you know, on disagreement in there. Maybe you guys are talking about marriage. They don't want you to date a certain type of person. They don't want you to get married to someone. They, you know, they don't even want you to go to the church you currently go to, whatever it is. Or it's been there because you feel your parents have failed you. I want you to just talk to God this morning and ask for wisdom. See, God does not, he doesn't offer confusion. There is a reason he gave you those parents. There is a reason he gave you those parents. And I want us to extend it. For some, it is an, it's an ex. For some, it's a business relationship. For some, it is a professional relationship. You and your boss not seeing eye to eye on issues. This morning, in the presence of the God of love, I want you to ask. The Bible speaks about love, not, you know, um, recounting wrongdoings. Love not taking account wrongdoings. Uh, and it doesn't mean that it's, it, love takes on and is mumuish. No. It is that love does not keep accounts. Love will not relate based on a wrongdoing. And an example of that is, is a story someone shared with me. Someone slapped, a, a, an individual slapped his mother when he was a teenager as they were growing up or maybe a young adult, the person slapped his mom and he, was, he couldn't do anything about it. But how he knew that he had not forgiven or, or just moved on from that incident was several years later, he became a manager in an organization, a very large organization, a conglomerate. He had an opportunity to be able to recruit and you know, make the final decisions on a recruitment. And lo and behold, who walks through the door seeking employment? This person that slapped his mom. So my point is, look, God will bring opportunities our way for healing, like Pedro shared. And we will be able to go, you know, be healed from the issues and the events, these negative occurrences. But let's allow the Holy Spirit walk through 
us in being God's hands and feet. We are unable to do that effectively when we still bear these pains and, and burdens and, and hurts and, and scars when we still carry them in our hearts. And so this morning we're asking for wisdom, wisdom to be able to overcome this and to live right, to live wholesome lives that are filled with love. In the name of Jesus, someone needs to pray and ask that their tank of love is overflowing. I am overflowing in love because I belong to God. I am a love being, born of a love God. I live a life of Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, when did we see you hungry? Can we declare in the name of Jesus that we're a people with seeing eyes? Our eyes are open to see opportunities to be a blessing in our world. Opportunities to be a blessing, to be God's hands and feet on the earth. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you need to pray and ask, Lord, open my eyes to see. Let me not be held down by pain and anger and bitterness. You know, there's a way you can be so angry at, at your nation that you, you fail to see opportunities for growth and advancement that God is bringing your way or opportunities for you to be a blessing to others. And so this morning we ask for seeing eyes. We ask for seeing eyes, dear God, that we will see when you send people our way, we will see and we will be hospitable. The Bible speaks about Abraham being hospitable and entertaining strangers. Father, we ask for grace to be hospitable. We ask for grace. We put on compassion. Someone needs to say, I put on compassion this morning. I put on kindness. I put on humility. In the name of Jesus, I will not see myself beyond how you see me, Lord. I will not exalt myself unduly so much so that I, I become too big to be used by you. I become too big and too important in my own eyes. And I miss out on the opportunities to be a blessing. I put on love in the name of Jesus. And I discard the garment of pain. I discard the garment of shame. I discard the garment of bitterness. Someone needs to pray over that business relationship that has gone south. I discard the, discard the garment of bitterness. I discard the garment of, of, of confusion. I discard the garment of guilt and condemnation in the name of the Lord Jesus. Can we ask finally that the Holy Spirit should fill us afresh? Someone needs to declare, Spirit of God, fill me afresh. Fill me afresh with your spirit. Fill me afresh with your spirit, God. Fill me afresh with your spirit. Pour your spirit of love upon me. Help me live like you. Help me bear fruit of righteousness upon you. For someone here, you've never been baptized in the spirit. This is an opportunity. Let the Holy Ghost come upon you. Let him take over your life. Let the power of the Most High overshadow you. In the name of Jesus, such that the things you think are humanly impossible for you, you begin to effortlessly walk in the Spirit. You begin to effortlessly live a life in the Spirit. Spirit of God, take over our lives. We cast every pain. We cast every, every anger, every bitterness. We lay at your feet. Manda, guza, talibaya, babo, sete, keye, korobo, sonte, 
These things are space fillers. And so this morning we strip ourselves of the weight. We empty ourselves of bitterness, of pain, of anger. Even frustration against this country. So that you can pour your spirit in us. Fill us with your love, with your compassion, with your kindness, with your humility. Help us to see as you see. Part of compassion requires us being able to speak the truth where necessary to the people that matter the most to us. Not holding back the truth. Thank you, Spirit of God. We give you praise. Can we all take this confession together? Father, in the name of Jesus. My life is a connected life. The love of God in Christ Jesus freely flows from my life to people around me. I am connected. I can be touched by the things that people are going through all around me. I don't make efforts to disconnect. I make efforts to connect. I am connected in family. I am connected at work. I am connected in the neighborhood. I am connected virtually. And I am connected physically. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We give you all praise. May I give somebody an opportunity here today? You don't have a relationship with Jesus. See, that's the most vital connection. That is the connection that makes the most sense. Your parents will disappoint you from time to time because they are human. Your besties will let you down because they are human. Sometimes your husband, your spouse, your wife will disappoint you because they are human. Your bosses at work can never have your best interest at heart over and above Jesus. And so this morning I'm inviting you into the love to receive that love that Jesus freely gives. You are his dearly beloved and you're here this morning and you're saying, look, I have strayed. I even used to have a relationship with you, Jesus, but I have gone so far because I've been hurt by the church. If that is you, you have suffered pain and hurts from the church. Can I ask that you receive the love of Jesus this morning and let him heal you? If you're here, all eyes closed, all heads bowed, we will give you the privacy of the moment because this is a decision between you and God, your Father. And He wants you. He wants you for Himself. He wants to walk with you. He wants to do life with you. We as His church can support you on this journey. But I ask that you receive this love. And so if you're here in the room and you're online, can I ask that you just raise your hand up if you're in the room. And if you're online, just indicate so our ministers can reach out to you. And we're only asking you to signify because we want to be able to support you on this journey. So if that is you, just lift your hand up. And say after me, dear Jesus, I come to you today. I confess that you are Lord over my life. And I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead for my sake. When you went on that cross, you took my sin, you took my shame, you took my pain so that I can live a whole life. 
and be relevant here on earth for you. So this morning, I invite you into my heart and I ask that you take over completely. Help me walk with you. Help me live for you. Make my life brand new. I receive your spirit this morning and I declare that I am a new child, born of God, and I overcome the dictates and the demands of this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for everyone who has indicated and embraced your love, who has received your love this morning. We give you praise for this ones that are preserved and kept in you. Thank you so much because you will continue to journey with them. Thank you, Father, because they continue to know you more and more. And your love will light up their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Can we just celebrate Jesus for everyone who's made a decision this morning? We love you. We love you. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.